This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we have no guest. We couldn't couldn't bear to bring a guest on after that performance on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. Instead, we are going to answer all those Twitter questions that you sent in this week as you were processing that loss. Uh, We're going to go for about a half hour or so. Really got a ton of questions. Thank you again, everybody, for sending them over to at Jay Caparoso on Twitter before we dive into answering them. And we're going to cover just about every topic possible related to this team. Remind you guys, subscribe, rate, review to this podcast on iTunes. It is also available on Spotify and Google Play. And of course, turnonthejets.com. Show your love on those social platforms so we can get a little more distribution out there. Let's jump into the questions. First question from Brett the Jet. If someone offered a second round pick for Robbie, would you, as the current GM, take it? One and six would feel very different from two and five, but the deadline is before the game. So you need to decide now if you're in or out for 2019. If somebody offered the Jets a second round pick for Robbie Anderson, which I think is unlikely, I probably would take it. And I like Robbie Anderson a lot. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, He is off to a slow start this year. Not all his fault. Obviously, he's had to deal with Luke Falk. He's had to deal with Adam Gase. He had to deal with Stephen Stephen Gilmore a couple times. Uh, But... You know, for a position like wide receiver, if they could get a second round pick for a guy who's never had a thousand yard season, I think that's good value. And it's tough because I had to, if I had to guess, I think Adam Gase would be very much on board with trading Robbie Anderson based on what his usage has been so far. We know Joe Douglas was part of a front office that tried to trade for him last year. We don't know if it was necessarily Douglas who was pushing for that uh, or if he is a big fan of Anderson. I don't know how likely it is that the Jets give Anderson a big contract. I think it will depend how this rest of the year breaks. But a second-round pick, yeah, I would take that. A third-round pick, I think it's a coin flip. Uh, But a second-rounder, I think that's really good value for a guy who, as much as I like him and I am a big Robbie fan, has never had a 1,000-yard season. I think you got to jump on that value. Next question from Ferraro41. Given the Jets' reporting structure, if his part is Joe Douglas's full season evaluation, he decides, basically, given the Jets reporting structure, if Douglas decides that the Jets should fire Gase, would the ownership support it or does it create another idzik Rex situation? My understanding, and this could be wrong because honestly, nobody really knows unless you're in the building, uh, is that Douglas was given a six-year contract. The Jets invested basically more in Douglas and gave him more power and responsibility than ultimately Gase was given, at least at the time of the hire. Based on how the organization is structured, you would think that if Douglas recommended the team fired Gase and hired someone else, that they would listen to that, considering how much they invested in Douglas to be their GM, considering how they built and ponied up to build a front office around him, because like Phil Savage and Chad Alexander uh, bringing Rex Hogan back over. There is no guarantee that happens because the buck, ulti- the buck ultimately stops with a hybrid of Woody and Chris Johnson, and Woody Johnson could be back in the mix sooner rather than later. I 
they will ultimately make the final decision, but the way people have been paid and the way contracts have been structured would imply that if Douglas felt strongly the Jets should fire Adam Gase, that that recommendation would be accepted. There's no guarantee because the Jets are somewhat dysfunctional and ownership, of course, will make the final call. But I think it's more likely than not that if he made that recommendation, it would be followed. Next question from John Filippi. What is realistic return for either Leonard Williams and Robbie Anderson? I hate to see them go, especially Robbie, but I understand they aren't winning with him, so it's all about the future. Look, I mean, if the Jets want to get picks back or get assets back, it's not going to happen from trading guys like Tremaine Johnson and Kelechi Osemele and you know guys who are not good and are on tough contracts. Uh, you're going to have to give up some value to get value. So. You know, realistically, I think both with Robbie and Leonard, you're probably looking at about a third round pick, maybe a little less for Robbie. I think it's definitely time to move on from Leonard Williams and get some draft capital back. I think with Robbie, it's a little more debatable. I would actually be surprised at this point if the Jets didn't trade Leonard Williams. I think there's no way he's getting a long-term contract from them. So I think they're going to try to get some assets back right now and clear up more playing time for some of the other young pieces in that defensive line. So I would look for that to be the most likely move that happens before the trade deadline. It's just, it's just time at this point. It's time to move on. Let's see. Next question from Crash. I feel like the Jets' blueprint defense is similar to the 49ers in recent years, a la drafting interior linemen, and they completed it by adding edges. Who are some guys via free agency we'd start to look at? You know, what's frustrating is last year was a really good edge class, top to bottom. Uh, and the Jets just sat it out after they missed or botched the Anthony Barr situation. You know, they didn't sign Preston Smith. They didn't sign Zedarius Smith, uh, both of whom ended up going to Green Bay. Uh, they didn't even sign any sort of like mid-tier or lower-tier guys who were out there. They basically rolled with what they had. Uh, and, of course, they ignored edge rusher in the draft uh, outside of Ja'Kai Polite in the third round, which, of course, did not work out. Now, the Niners are moving to the next level because they were able to get Nick Bosa with that first pick, and he's been dominant. Uh, for them so far this year, which has helped cancel out some of the more problematic interior defensive linemen they've taken, high Solomon Thomas. So you could thank Eli McGuire for scoring that garbage time touchdown against Buffalo last year for the Jets not having Nick Bosa, uh, making what was else on their interior defensive line look a lot better. So some of these guys, there will be edges out there. You know, Demarcus Lawrence got the franchise tag, so he should be back out there. I have not dove deep into the free agency list. Uh, but let's just hope that the Jets are much more aggressive than they were last year at edge rusher. And I think just like Joe Douglas is going to be more aggressive at offensive line, he'll be more aggressive at edge rusher. It does kind of suck to have to be talking about this stuff in October, though. But I get it. I, I very much get it. Next question from Danny Wilson. What do you think the chances are Darnold's going to be good enough to be a franchise QB? I understand the backlash to Darnold's performance. He was very, very bad on Monday night. Looked completely rattled in an over his head. It was his worst game as a pro uh, with the back foot interceptions. But I kind of succinctly summed up how I felt in a tweet earlier this week. I think it's very reactionary and silly to be out on Darnold after 16 games. I think over 16 games, he's played three really great, exciting games, Houston, Green Bay, Dallas, He's played two and a half to three really bad games. Miami last year, this New England game. Uh, most of that Minnesota and Jacksonville game last year were pretty ugly. 
uh, and everything else has kind of fell in between. Some good games, Indianapolis, Denver, uh, some bad games, uh, you know, New England last year, Chicago, uh, the first half against Buffalo on the road last year. So it's been a mixed bag, which is to be expected with the young quarterback. So is there a guarantee he's going to be a franchise quarterback? No. Have we seen enough to be encouraged and excited at 22 years old through 16 starts that he deserves the rest of this season and next season for further evaluation? Absolutely. And I do ultimately think he'll be a second contract player from the Jets and be their starting quarterback for the next five to 10 years at a minimum. Uh, I don't think the wheels are going to fully fall off for him this season. I think there'll be a couple other rough patches, but I think he'll also have some big games and you know, he's, he's going to be up and down. We don't know if he's ultimately ever going to be an all-pro quarterback, but just because he had an awful game against Denver doesn't mean he's going to be a worse version of Jay Cutler. Next question from Michael Christopher. Why does it seem like the Jets never play to their strengths? If you watch Quinton Williams play in college, most games he was over the center. When I watch games now, he's playing defensive end. Why is this? And they drafted him to be elite inside pass rusher, not outside. It's a fair question. I mean, the Jets have mixed and matched a lot of different looks up front. Uh, Will, Williams didn't actually start last week. They started Kyle Phillips, although Williams did end up playing a decent amount. Uh, he was pretty active against Dallas. I think he had a good game as an interior rusher. Much more quiet, I would say, overall against New England. And it's very early in this guy's career. He's been banged up. He's missed a little time. I think without Leonard Williams around, I'm curious to see how they use him, whether it's Greg Williams this year or whoever ends up being his defensive coordinator long-term. I understand some frustration around Quentin because Josh Allen has five sacks. Nick Bosa has a ton of sacks. Um, Brian Burns is probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year with his start if Bosa doesn't get it. And we haven't seen a ton of impact plays from Williams yet. There's been a few here or there. Uh, it's just very early to evaluate and very early to evaluate how he's going to be used long-term, particularly if Leonard Williams is not going to be here. Before we answer more questions, want to remind you guys that this Sunday we got Jets, Jaguars on the road. Make sure you have your seat for the game with Vivid Seats, who is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now is a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program when they sign up. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Use promo code OVERTIME for a 10% discount at checkout up to $100. Go out there, check it out, Vivid Seats. Also, if you are a road warrior who is going out to Jets Jaguars this week, our friends at Game Day Tailgate Experience will be hosting an all-inclusive tailgate, uh, open bar, all-you-can-eat buffet, games, appearances by former players and celebrities. Great party worth checking out. We will share the link on the podcast, on the 12-pack, and across our Twitter and Facebook. So check that out. Check out Game Day Tailgate Experience. And make sure if you're going to Jets Jacksonville this weekend that you check out their tailgate party. All right. More questions. From Disgruntled English Teacher. Did Mosley look slow less than 100% out there? No, it's the Pats, but he was a ghost in the first few drives. Will he look like a pro bowler against Minshew? Or do you think it will take a few more weeks? The quotes coming out about Mosley's injury situation today were troubling, to say the least. 
the medical department's going to do a deep, deep dive to try to figure out exactly what's wrong with him. He openly admitted he was not 100%. Gase doesn't seem on the same page as him or the medical team. My feedback is sit the guy down. Get him healthy. If it doesn't end up being for a few weeks, that's fine. Playing him at 50 to 75%, which he was against New England and it showed, is not doing anyone any favors. The Jets invested the GDP of a small country into his contract, and they have to pay that the next three years after this year. So take care of your investment long term. Don't rush him out there to play Jacksonville and Miami when you're one and five. Give him a few weeks to recover. See if he's ready for the Giants game. If he's not, give him another week. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him this week. I don't think we're going to see him the week after. Uh, it seems like this is going to be a lingering situation and lingering situations get worse by rushing players back too early. So hopefully the Jets are going to avoid that because this is a guy that they put a lot of money behind and he needs to be a, you know, a factor here for a long term. Next question from GFY at Bash Plans. When will Gase be fired? Um, you know, before the season started, someone asked me to predict on Twitter how long Gase would be the Jets coach. And I said two years. Uh, and I got a really negative backlash of being a miserable hater who is insane. And I thought two years was pretty reasonable. I kind of thought, and this still very well may happen, that the Jets will go 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight this year. Um, they would bring Gase back, which I think would be reasonable if they go 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. And they would repeat that record next year. They wouldn't take a major leap forward. And at that point, they would move on. I just didn't have a lot of faith in Gase as a hire. And I wasn't going to say he's going to be the Jets coach for the next three, four, five, six years. If you ask me today, I think there's a good chance he gets fired after this season. But that could change if he stacks wins against some bad teams. Now, in my mind, you don't get a pat on the back for beating the Dolphins twice when they're trying to lose. Uh, and it's hard to get too excited about beating Washington or Cincinnati, who are both going to be like two and 14 teams this year. Now, you beat Baltimore, you beat Buffalo, you beat Jacksonville, you beat the Giants, even you beat the Steelers. Those are different conversations. I think those are closer to coin flip games. Uh, the Jets are four and a half point underdogs this week against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I could see them being underdogs to Pittsburgh, depending how the rest of the year goes. And they'll be big underdogs in Baltimore and Buffalo. You win a couple of those games, that's a different conversation. And you get to seven or eight wins, I think, he, I think he'll be back. But if this team wins, you know, five or six games uh, and their only wins come against, you know, Miami, Cincinnati, and Washington the rest of the way, I think there's a real chance he's fired after this year. And I think it would be the right move if that ends up playing out. He's going to need another signature couple of wins to put his stamp on coming back. And those don't come against those teams I mentioned. They come by beating a Baltimore, Buffalo, you know, winning on the road on Jacksonville this week is a good first step, uh, but they're going to need a couple more. Uh, next question from Davis Ophia. If Sam doesn't recover and finishes the season poorly, will the Jets take a QB in the next draft? Of course, it depends on how poorly or if he gets hurt again. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback in next year's draft. I think Sam is the guy for his entire rookie contract. Um, let's not forget he was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week two weeks ago against Dallas. There's going to be ups and downs, you know, Baker's had them. Josh Allen's had them. Daniel Jones has had them. Uh, even Kyler Murray's had him in his short career. I mean, this, this is part of it. Not everyone's going to be Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So I think Darnold will be the guy next year is basically my short answer. Question from, is this velvet? Any chance the Jets reach out to gauge Jim Harbaugh's interest this time? 
I'm pretty sure they, they poked around last time in the coaching search. And if Harbaugh is going to end up leaving Michigan where he's been unsuccessful, uh, he's a big name. Woody Johnson, Chris Johnson likely like big names. I wouldn't be surprised if there's rumors. I don't know if that's the best move. I don't know if they ultimately close the deal. If the Jets are actually hunting for a head coach this offseason, it's a little early to look at candidates, but I'm sure Harbaugh, Harbaugh would be someone who is rumored. You know, why not go back to Matt Rule? And you'll see with McKagan and Heimerding are gone if you could take another run at him if it gets to that. Uh, but I don't ultimately think it happens with Harbaugh ending here. I feel like it's being, been like rumored with the Jets forever, and it just never seems to happen. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Did we witness a dead cat bounce game last week with Dallas? This is from Jay Fairley. Feeling like we're back on a trajectory for three to five wins. It's really hard to say. I don't think the Jets are as good as they looked against Dallas. I don't think they're as bad as they looked against New England. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I think they will win more than three games. Uh, I think worst case scenario is they win like five games, which is pretty bad considering the rest of their schedule. Uh, But I think this team will win between five and seven games ultimately. And my mind hasn't changed on that uh, from the Dallas to the New England game. If they don't, they absolutely should fire, you know, their coaching staff because they have – they're playing four games against the three worst teams in the NFL over the next seven weeks. Those all need to be wins if this team is going to take itself in any way serious. Um, Looking ahead to the 2020 draft and seeing the needs so far, what's the priority best available? Center, cornerback, edge rusher. This is from Deep Sky Maven. It's too early to tell. We don't know if the Jets are going to have a top five pick or a top 15 pick, but I would love to see the Jets compiling draft pick capital in advance of the trade deadline and doing what they can when the season ends. And I think it's going to be offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, first and foremost, uh, followed by concurrent focuses on adding more playmakers on the outside for Sam Darnold, improving the cornerback situation, which may have some hope with guys like Poole and Harrison around and then edge rusher. Um, so just res- reshuffling how the priorities on this roster are stacked, I think is basically what we're going to be looking at and, I think it will involve those position, all of those positions, but I think first and far, foremost, it's going to be how do the Jets get Sam Darnold more help uh, up front because the Jets' offensive line is basically a joke right now. Uh, next question from Adam Rathbone. How many primetime blowouts have we had in the last five years? feel like outside of the line game last year, every Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday night appearance, we've, it's ended in a blowout loss. It's a good question. I was thinking the same thing while watching the Patriots game and being like, how many times do we have to stay up late to watch this team get completely obliterated? It's happened twice this year. Last year, they beat the Lions, and they had an embarrassing loss to Cleveland, but that was a close game, at least, I guess, to end Cleveland's long losing streak. Uh, there's been a couple other bad ones. The, you know, the Colts game jumps to mind where they lost like 40-10. to 10. They had an ugly loss to Miami in primetime. Basically, primetime has not treated the Jets well, so I, I'm happy their next seven games are at 1 o'clock for their back in primetime against Baltimore, which will be a difficult game. I had not, I got a ticket offered to me at about 6 o'clock the night of the game. Too short a notice for me to get my act together and get over to the stadium. Um, and I passed on it because I had a bad feeling and I did not want to be surrounded by a ton of Patriot fans that late in a Monday night. So I passed and ended up being the right call, unfortunately. Uh, but look, I'm happy to just got a lot of 1 o'clock games upcoming. I'm on the same page as you. 
Next question from Mike MCC. There was a play where New England was covering three receivers with two cornerbacks where the Jets decided to run. Did you see that play? Who was to blame for missing that? I think in that specific situation, maybe you could say Donald needed to recognize that and change the play at the line. But the Jets' overall offensive game plan was uninspiring, to say the least. They were just completely outcoached, completely unprepared for New England's blitz package. Uh, still running the ball on first down a lot, still throwing smoke screens to Braxton Berrios and Demarius Thomas, still throwing too many passes to Demarius Thomas. I mean, basically playing right into Bill, Bill Belichick's hands and playing exactly how they would want. There's still a lack of creativity in how they use Le'Veon Bell. How do you not take advantage of him and Ty Montgomery in the screen game? When New England was blitzing like that, it was a bad offensive game plan, which made life on Sam not much harder. Now, Sam played terrible regardless of the game plan, but... He's not getting any help from his coaching staff right now, which is obviously frustrating because that was the main reason Adam Gase was brought here. Um, before we do a few more questions, I want to remind you guys that today's episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right. It's your own sports coverage that's always on and always free. Always. It is the best coverage focus on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something, of course, we care deeply about here, gambling picks and analysis to get that extra edge. I know when I turn on CBS Sports HQ, I'll see the tips and trends I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you get access to all this great coverage completely free. Not free for a week, not free for a month, not free with a special cable package, completely free for everyone. You don't even need a login. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or other connected devices at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. All right, more questions because you guys sent so many in this week. I get it. It's a it's, a, it's the kind of week where you just want to vent it out and ask those questions. Questions from Freddie Fred. If we fire Gase, does Loggins go to? Of course, Adam Gase is the only head coach in the NFL who would hire Dowell Loggins to be his offensive coordinator in 2019 or in 2020. If Adam Gase is fired, the entire coaching staff is gone. Uh, most likely even including Greg Williams, who I think has done a pretty good job this year, uh, and Brant Boyer, who's been okay considering he lost his kicker, his kick returner, and his top special teams player. In coverage, hi, Terrence Brooks, who had an interception, of course, on Monday Night Football. Next question from Charlie Petro. Is Jamal Adams trying to get out of New York? I think this is in reference to him liking some tweets, criticizing the Jets coaching and him canceling his WFAN radio appearance and blocking a bunch of people around the team. I don't think so. Uh, I think he's a a passionate, emotional guy who's upset that the team's been really bad the past few years. I think he will be here for the duration of his contract, and the Jets will make a massive offer to keep him around. Uh, I don't think he's trying to push his way off the team, and I would anticipate seeing him be a Jet for a very long time, hopefully when this stuff eventually turns around, because it has been a long, long, long period of losing that is hopefully going to come to an end soon. Uh, next question from Dan Bassone, top five trade candidates and what we can get for them. You know, I think the names that we've heard tossed around um, are accurate. Leonard Williams is the most likely by far in my mind. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson, I think I would guarantee there's teams sniffing around about his availability. 
I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I don't think it would be shocking if it did. Uh, maybe Ty Montgomery, since the Jets haven't used him all that much. I'm not sure the interest level in guys like Brandon Shell or Kelvin Beecham out there. Um, and outside of that, you know, no one's taking Kalecchi Assembly with his injury situation. Uh, no one's taking Tremaine Johnson with his contract. So there's not a huge list of players that uh, the Jets are going to be able to move. Um, but we'll see how that comes together. Uh, but Leonard Williams and Robbie Anderson are the two that I think that are most likely. Uh, overall. Next question from number one sports guy. Is the fact that Darnold, Gase, and Douglas all share the same age and a significant reason that can lead to Gase staying for next year, even if he hasn't proven he should? Look, it's a fair question uh, to ask. I think they're all repped by Jimmy Sexton, which is a unique situation. Um, un- un- fairly uncommon situation. I don't think it's a guarantee that Gase is going to be back just because of that. I also think the assumption that Joe Douglas is only here because of Adam Gase is probably overstated. Uh, Basically, I think Gase's job security is a little less than some people think it is. So we know Douglas is going to be here long term. We know Darnold's going to be here long term. I don't think Gase is on that same level of security. I do think if he wins, I would say if he wins seven or eight games, he's definitely back. I would say if he wins five or less, he's definitely fired. And I think six is like kind of right on the bubble. I'd probably lean to him probably staying depending on how the season goes. I wouldn't keep him at that point. But I think there's a chance he could get fired after this year. I don't think he's guaranteed to come back basically because of the Jimmy Sexton situation. So fans shouldn't think of it in that way. It is a weird situation, but I don't think um, it's a lock to give him endless job security with the team. All right, I'm going to wrap with some final thoughts on last week and previewing Jacksonville. Before I do, I know it's been a long season, but there's many ways to enhance your watching experience. My bookie not only gives you the traditional spread and total, but player props. Who will score the first touchdown? If the Jets do score a touchdown, how many yards will Sam Donald throw for? Plus, in-game wagering as the game is going on. The Jets will be looking for redemption for what happened against New England, against Jacksonville. Uh, They are currently 4.5-point underdogs, so hopefully they can cover that spread. That just scratches the surface on what MyBookie can do. We've teamed up with them in October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag. Use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Promo code OVERTIME. New users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play. You win. You get paid. So, has that read politely reminded us? The Jets are four and a half point underdogs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not surprising. Jacksonville's won three games this year. Uh, Jacksonville kicked the crap out of the Jets last year in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is a really good defensive front. The Jets have a really bad offensive line. Uh, it's a tough matchup. And I think in a lot of people's minds, this was the part of the very soft part of the schedule. And yes, Jacksonville is not as good as New England. Uh, and probably not as good as Dallas either, even Dallas without their two starting tackles and Amari Cooper. Uh, they're obviously playing Gardner Minshew, a quarterback who's been up and down, but pretty good overall. Uh, Josh Allen's been great for them as a rookie. Uh, they have some interesting playmakers on offense. Fournette could be a little hit or miss. DJ Chark's been uh, a notable performer for them this year on offense. I think it's a pretty tough matchup. I just worry about that Jacksonville defensive line against the Jets' offensive line. This feels like an ugly, low-scoring defensive battle that is like 19-17, 20-17. to 
I think the Jets are going to cover because I think this is going to be a field goal game. So four and a half feels high, but I would not be shocked if they lost this game. I would also not be shocked if they won it. It feels like a 50-50 game, whereas when they play Miami the following week, Miami's trying to lose. So I I would think the Jets are going to win that. I also think, you know, Miami, Washington, Cincinnati, those are games I do think the Jets, even if they're going to be really inconsistent and bad in some areas, will win. I think Jacksonville, Oakland, and the Giants are a step up from those teams, um, particularly Jacksonville because of their defensive front. Oakland has some talent. and You know, they beat the Colts. They've beaten the Bears this year. That's not going to be an easy game. The Giants will be some extra, you know, some blood flowing in that game because they only play every four years. The Giants are obviously bad, uh, but they've had some moments of being competent this year. Uh, but with this Jacksonville matchup, man, you've got to hope that Sam Darnold comes back and looks – closer to the guy he did against Dallas uh, and is not turning the football over. So I think him taking strides and protecting the football while still being aggressive down the field is where everyone's eyes are going to be on this game to make sure he's over the stupid, you know, ghost meme that's going around about him that's being overblown. And again, do the Jets do some things more creatively on offense? You know, I would guess from an injury perspective, we probably see Henry Anderson come back, probably see Neville Hewitt back. I wouldn't bet on C.J. Mosley playing. Chris Herndon probably ends up being a game-time decision, but there's a good chance he's back. Uh, of course, Darnold will be under center. And, you know, a good chance for the Jets to get an AFC win, of which they don't have any. You know, they're 1-5 right now. They're 0-4 in the AFC. Uh, you lose this game, you know, 1-6, 0-5 in the AFC. All, all even your most ambitious pipe dreams uh, of a playoff run basically go away at that point. So maybe the Jets have a 5% chance right now. They lose to Jacksonville. It's probably less than a 1% chance. Uh, and a game that, candidly, if the Jets lose, Adam Gase's hot seat is going to go from warm to absolutely scalding hot because you can't follow up the performance the Jets had in primetime with a loss on the road to a team starting a rookie six-round quarterback who's three and four. And again, Jacksonville is not terrible. They're not a walkover like Washington, Cincinnati, or Miami might be. But fans are going to expect the team to win this game. And if they go out and score 14 points and lose 17-14 – it's going to get really ugly really fast for this coaching staff. So let's hope they can avoid that, uh, get a win, get their first AFC win, and then they really will be set up well to get back-to-back wins because they're playing Miami the following week. So big game. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about what happens between Jets-Jags and preview Jets-Dolphins uh, with our normal Thursday episode, and we'll go after it from there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. We'll talk to you next week.